Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone once again on the screen porch. It's just a little chilly out here, but I'm looking upon a beautiful snowy scene. Only an inch and a half of snow, so not enough to play in, but it's still so beautiful to look at. I want to thank those of you that reached back about Jolie. She's doing much better. In fact, I just watched her race around the yard. <laughs> Kurt's out with her right now. Her head shakes seem to have subsided, so hopefully, as the veterinarian said, it is a condition that she'll outgrow. I'm so grateful for that and just so touched by how many of you reached back to me. Really, really so kind. I also had fun hearing from those of you that had not known about the hidden life of pine cones that we spoke about. Nature can be so mysterious. It's such a miracle. So this week, we're going to share a reflection about planting and planting gardens and the seasons of gardens that relates to our lives. And it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. Preparing a new garden or refurbishing an old one has much to do with what we have to work with just as in our lives. We are born in a family, a culture, and a country where we will grow. In the early seasons of life, we don't have a choice where we're living. Like seeds, we live within what we were handed and where we landed. We didn't choose our parents or siblings that we have or don't have. Some are present, but emotionally absent. And of course, there are influences from those around us in school, our neighborhoods, places of worship, or other introductions to our spiritual start. As we grow older, we can choose where we like to dig in our roots and how we like to live, love, and work, and hopefully serve others. For some, overcoming hardships from childhood seems bigger than life. How we admire those that overcome them. In planning a garden, we can decide where we would like it to be, Choosing the best spot. Sometimes raised beds, garden pots, or grow bags work the best, allowing a workaround for unfavorable conditions or limited space. We make the best of where we are currently rooted, don't we? First, we test the soil, which we can do by getting a test kit from our local extension office. I actually think there's some kits you can get from the home stores as well. The balance, the pH, tremendously impacts what we can plant, along with the amount of sun versus shade, planting zone, and moisture. Then there are other environmental conditions, such as wind, possible microclimates, and the impact of wildlife, such as deer, to consider. Folks try to change the soil or environment to force plants they wish for, but forcing what's unnatural never seems to work, just like ignoring who we are as people our innate nature, our inner light. We can't ignore it. It won't go away. We add nutritional supplements such as compost and leaf mold, and it's okay to consider options to shift our soil pH, but organic ones, please. The world is inundated with chemical fertilizers, pesticides, and herbicides, unnatural interventions that upset the balance of things, much like greed, anger, and the need to be right which often sadly leads to violence. 
thankfully more and more becoming aware of the damage it has caused, and we can turn things around. It starts in our backyards and our communities. When we come of age, we graduate high school and decide our transition into adulthood. Some go off to college, others cook Kentucky Fried Chicken to pay their way. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Some go off to learn a trade or land a job. The ultimate teacher, life experience. That, coupled with the wisdom gained from the rhythms of nature. Then comes the fun part. Planning for the future while living in the presence of what is available to plant in your garden of life. You'll make mistakes, but from them comes growth. It's all part of the plan. We choose combinations of plants that get along well in the same cultural environment, just as we choose partners, or we try to, that share the same or similar dreams and hopes and ambitions. Complementing each other doesn't mean being the same. Each of us is unique. Sometimes opposites work well together, like plants nurturing each other, supporting each other, and helping each other through disease, loss, and growth. Mother Nature can throw us a curveball in our gardens. Same is true in life. You can fall for a partner who represents or recreates familiar childhood patterns we hope to be rid of. Some of us are a slow study. There is no shame in making mistakes. From them comes growth. Letting go can be challenging. But once we have the courage to trust and let go, like the leaf in the water we've spoken about a few times, realizing that we have no control over the current, then life becomes more manageable, healthier. At times in our lives, it gets busy, or we become sidelined caring for a loved one. And we can't maintain the garden the way we would like to. The gardens are forgiving. And nature heals wounds as we can heal our hearts. When planning a vegetable garden, we think about what we'd like to eat and that will work well in the space in which we have to dedicate. Agricultural practices have taught farmers to plant in rows, creating monocultures that sadly inspire maintenance with chemicals to prohibit weeds and fertilize the soil, both of which ultimately affects the soil, essentially killing it requiring more chemicals. It works much like an addiction, but we can boost growth in our home gardens by letting Mother Nature do it for us. The practice such as Three Sisters Gardening we spoke about in a previous episode. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a spiritual side of the Three Sisters so beautifully written in a book titled Braiding Sweetgrass. I highly recommend Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. In preparing the garden, most think of the first step is to turn over the soil with a shovel or a rototiller after removing the turf. But there's a better way called no-till gardening. We also spoke about a few episodes back. No-till gardening helps keep weed seeds from running amok, and it's less disruptive to the soil. Yes, soil is a living thing filled with microorganisms and nematodes to keep our roots healthy. It's fun to watch things sprout, though our feathered and furry friends pilfer some. But that's okay. It's kind to share with our neighbors, just as when we share our bounty when our fruits ripen. We protect our baby's growth, and the joy abounds when we see the first blooms. Soon busy bees, butterflies, and other pollinators, such as ants and beetles that folks overlook or cast aside as ugly, do their magic 
and the summer unfolds. Foliage is frequently noshed upon, though, and that can become a worry and sometimes devastating, many times from insects from overseas that were unintentionally brought here. Fruits ripen, though they too are sometimes eaten by critters, but they have a right to live too. Think of it as sharing bounty with others. Sometimes fruits, vegetables, and flowers don't live long enough to ripen fully. Sometimes disease takes them early. The same is true of family members and friends and trees and shrubs. We harvest the fruits as they ripen and the season of growth ends. Perennials and woody plants transition to going dormant, but they aren't dead. In the fall, we gather seeds and save them for next year's growth and leave some for the birds. We freeze, store, or can our harvests for sustenance over winter. Then we tidy our gardens for a long winter nap. The truth is, though, our gardens don't rest. Roots are active, and the fallen leaves and spent plant material decompose, putting nutrients back in the soil. But we can relax from gardening while nature prepares our dear earth for the next season of growth. It's the cycle of the seasons and the cycle of our garden of life. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com I want to tell you a little bit about the origin of why I wrote this column, and that is that I'm putting together the overview for the book underway, and so this is a start to that, and it means so much to be able to share it with you. If you care to email me at AskMaryStone at gmail.com, I would love to hear your thoughts, and I always appreciate the time that you spend with me on the porch. We're learning so much from each other, and it's such a privilege to be part of it. Thank you for sharing a bit of the Garden of Life with me. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.